The one who humbles himself shall be exalted, and the one who exalts himself shall be humbled. That's not the way Washington works. We know that. That's not the way most of our Western culture works. In fact, it's not the way the world works. No, you want to get ahead in life? You exalt yourself. You move ahead. You get ambitious. And you make sure you get that job or that pay increase or that position before the other guy does. It's a rat race, constantly. It doesn't have to be that way, but it just culturally seems to be that way because it's all about money and power and position, prestige. Now, where does all that come from? Because every effect has a cause in science. So where did all this come in the human psyche? Because it is from caveman to the present. We know this, this kind of yearning desire to get ahead and compete and maybe kill some people along the way to get there. Eliminate them, make them disappear before they make you disappear. Well, we know in the story of Genesis that long before all of this took place, there was a kind of innocence that Adam and Eve really trusted God. They walked with God. In fact, they were kind of free spirits, naked. And God said, I'm going to give you power and dominion over just about everything here. You can name all the animals. You can even eat them for your survival. You can name them. You can have power, a lot of power. But there's just one thing I don't want you to do. I don't want you to think you can be gods. You can't have it all. You can't be it all. You can't do it all. So don't eat of the tree of knowledge. Now that is symbolic for divine knowledge because we can't know as God. We can only know as human and that's limited. So as the book of Sirach says so beautifully today, what is too sublime for you, seek not. Into things beyond your strength, search not. But Satan was this fallen angel and became fallen out of his pride, which is the vice opposed to humility. And he wanted to have it all and do it all and be it all. And so he can't do this alone. He failed. So he's going to get other people to do it for him. And he lies to Adam and Eve and says, no, surely if you eat of this divine knowledge, if you do this, you can have it all. You can be so wealthy. You can be so beautiful. You can be immortal. Don't you want that? And of course, that's the seduction, isn't it? That's a universal story. That's why Genesis is so beautiful because it really does point out the flaw in all of human nature between this sense of humility on the one hand and the pride. I want it. I'm going to get it at any cost and even if it hurts me, which is so ironic, 
But it comes to us under the form of pleasure, and so it looks so beautiful, it tastes wonderful. And they succumb, and they fall. And so there's always been this creeping sense in the human psyche that, no, you've got to keep working at it. And so it's very natural to so many religions in the history of mankind that men will become gods or think they can become gods. The Egyptians, the Greeks, the Romans, the Africans, the Chinese. This is universal, Asia, Europe, Africa. And there are still people that think they are gods. As we've said so many times, welcome to Washington, right? So we live in a culture where there is this pride. I don't mean a good sense of pride. I mean that phony sense, that haughty sense, that ambitious, overly ambitious, ugly sense of pride. And we know that pride cometh before the fall, right? Hubris and nemesis in the Greek tragedies. Hubris, pride, nemesis, fall. It's classic. And so here's Christianity that is trying to always be countercultural in many ways. That's why it's never really been a popular religion among certain cultures because it advocates humility. It says if you want to be successful in life, choose humility over pride. And that's a tension because the culture will eat you up if you don't play with the devil. But we have to be very careful. In fact, if you look at the history of the West, certainly, or of the universe, the most celebrated name is Jesus Christ, who humbled himself in birth, was not born in a fancy place, it was a hovel, it was a dump in Bethlehem. And then he lived a very simple life, a very humble life, with a humble mother and a humble father. He walked about perhaps 60 miles radius in the 33 years of his young life and then died tragically, humbling himself on a cross. And at that moment of death, it's interesting how the voices of Satan once again are trying to tell him no, you don't have to humble yourself this way. You don't have to suffer this way. If you are the Son of God, come down off that cross. You have the power. You can do this. Don't you want that? He says no. So, humility is very much at the heart of this successful life as a Christian because it safeguards us against pride. Now we all know that, but what I want to talk about in part today is the fact that most of us come here already humbled. That's why we're in church. For whatever reason you're coming here today, you already have humbled yourself before God. You took the time out to prepare to come here. And you come here Sunday after Sunday, or maybe Sunday after some Sunday, and you humble yourself. 
So you get what I'm talking about, but let me now propose something else. Why does God humble you even more? You can say, Lord, I've been humbling myself. I'm trying to live a decent, humble life. But why do you keep throwing curveballs at me? More problems. You're giving me more crosses. I've got a spouse who's not well. I've got financial worries. My kids are falling apart on drugs, unemployment. I've lost my job. I'm getting older. I'm getting lonelier. I've been at this Christian life for so long and I've been humbling myself. I think I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So should I be experiencing more joy in my life? Shouldn't it be getting easier as I get older? Why is it getting harder and harder and harder? And most especially, why are bad things happening to so many good people like myself, we say? And if not like myself, then to so many innocent children and people who don't deserve to suffer. So this problem of evil in the world, how can an all-good, gracious God talk about humility when we're trying to live that, hopefully, some more, some less, but trying at least, and yet it doesn't look like we're getting a fair play at life. And if doesn't, this doesn't affect you, it affects a lot of people, and maybe people in your family. But I think you all know what I'm talking about. How can we really understand how an all-gracious and loving God does this or allows for it? I don't have the answer. There has never been an answer to this. Except that Christianity does offer some apparent sense out of that nonsense through this. Because if you truly believe he is God made man, then everything he says and everything he does is intelligent, has purpose. And for those of you who have given yourselves over to more and more humility in life, through public service, without counting the cost, generosity of your time, talent, and treasure. The more and more you give away, the more and more you humble yourself this way, even if it doesn't look like you're getting much reward back, repayment, you're actually growing into saints. You're growing in sanctity. You're growing in grace. You're growing in trust of God. See, humility is not for its own sake. Humility in the spiritual world is to put you further and further and further into trust in God. And that's a mystery. It's like love. For any one of you who have been married a long time, you know marriage is not easy. That's why I didn't get married. <laughs> it's not easy. No. The children, the sacrifices you make day in and day out, oh my God. It's a great gift of love. But in marriage, you know 
it's not easy. And yet, the more and more you humble yourself before your spouse, before your children, in a sense, as you humble yourself, you grow in love. And you keep falling in love over and over and over again the more you give. Because the more you give, the more humble you become, the more you trust your spouse, your children. And children know this. Children will look at you and say, I know mommy and daddy are in love. They can't articulate it any more than that, but they know there's a trust there, which is why they feel at home and secure and loved. There's a trust there. And no married couple can ever say, oh, I can figure it all out. No, marriage is an ongoing mystery of love. Now, what God has done then by analogy is to take that mystery of love, marriage, and to say, I've now established a covenant with you, the new and eternal covenant of love. Now, this is going to be a mysterious relationship, but an intelligent one. So the more and more I humble myself before God and accept more and more whatever he throws at me or whatever the circumstances of life, I can't figure it out. I will trust. Because if I don't do it that way, then look what happens when I try to control it. When I try to figure it out and say, no, I'm not going to trust God. I'm going to do it my way and figure you become angry. When people don't get what they want out of life, most of them are going to get angry, very angry birds. Very angry. Yeah. So the antidote to that is humility, not pride. Because it allows us then to calm down and to say, I'm not in control. I'm not a god. I'm not going to make the same mistake as Adam and Eve. It's a lifelong lesson. But if you stay with this over time, then the joy comes of just accepting God's will. Thy will be done, thy kingdom come. This is the pattern, the example, not imposed on us. It's there for our taking freely. And it will lead to joy. It won't be happiness in this life. Keep happiness for heaven. But this is a kind of benign resignation with God's grace to the way it is. And you know what? It may not even get any better in the eyes of the world. But in my eyes, in God's eyes, I'm growing. It's getting better and better all the time. I can be joyful. And this is the stuff the world really wants and needs. But it can't accept it very easily. You can't accept it. It's always going to be a tension. They'll never accept him this way. This does not make sense to the world. Humility is weakness, says the world. But now you know better. 